0: Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by ModCloth.com. ModCloth.com has clothing for people of all shapes and misshapes. Big thighs and skinny hips. Big hips and bulbous shoulders. One small breast and one large calf. ModCloth has got something you can wear. We have another episode today on Monday. I'm squeezing it in. Never gone a week without posting an episode. Maybe I should take a week off. No, what would I do? I'd do nothing. I have no life. I have no friends. Nobody loves me. Phil Pointer is our guest today. Phil's back. This was fun. We talked about should you leave an area if it's dangerous even though you call it home even though it's familiar but should you leave to protect your family yeah we get into that it's uh it's intense If you want a podcast full of goofs and gags you got the wrong podcast you got the wrong episode and i think you might actually have the wrong podcast but we had fun you're gonna have fun i love you like the facebook page please all right i'm just filling the rest of the time now let's do this with my man phil pointer okay
1: well i was watching something and this wasn't about chicago this was some other gang infested area, but dude was like, yeah, you you try to never stop at stop signs for too long. Yeah. You try to always get to places where you have to take a where you could take a right turn so you don't have to sit and wait for a light like you can turn on red real quick. Right. And it wasn't just a matter of, OK, well, it's convenience for whereas we would think of it. It was because if some shit goes down. I want to have a quick out.
2: Yeah, you can pop out and... Uh, yeah,
1: you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I like to back in the parking spaces, but that's just me. I like to back in so that when I'm ready to go, I don't have to worry about backing this, that, and the yeah. other. They're doing it because I may have to get the fuck out of here really, really fast. And right. I don't need to be backing and trying to... Yeah, so... It's, it's nuts, dude. It's that world, though, man. It is. Some people... I don't know, because I, I
2: I, think people that want to change, I think you need to give them the opportunity to change and escape. but. Here- I don't know. Some people want to be in that world.
1: It's really- well, now, here's the thing. I don't think anybody is ever born wanting to be in that world. You get conditioned to that being the way it is. And then just like any other place on the planet, there are people who don't want to leave home. Like, yeah. there are people, no matter how nice or how shitty your place is, it's yours. It's what you've known your whole life. There, are, I once was standing in line somewhere and these two ladies behind me were talking and there was a lady who was literally proud to say that she has never left Cincinnati has barely left her own neighborhood she went to grade school in that neighborhood she went to high school in that neighborhood yeah I think it was somewhere either around UC or Xavier or something because I think she may have or may not have gone to college in that neighborhood but got a job in that neighborhood and she's like yeah I've not even really gone to Kentucky like maybe once or twice in my life maybe yeah and she was like in her 30s Oh. And she was cool with that. Like she's okay with it. Like there are people who don't want to live home. So if you don't leave, excuse me, you just don't yeah. want to leave home. So if you're cool with, well, if your desire to never want to leave home and your home is shitty, your mindset becomes this is me, right? Like this is who I am, and it's not necessarily about you don't want it to be better. Because if there was a magic wand or a magical pill that could make the area better, right? then they'll accept the better, but they don't ever feel like it will ever be better because it's been that way their entire lives. Yeah,
2: I I know, and I don't believe in that whole, I I think eventually you get to a point where you say, I want to go. I don't care that home's familiar and it's comfortable, but, like, I can't be here anymore because
1: it's too, well, for whatever reason, you just, you have to go. Dude, there are people who never go. These people exist like it's the hardest to believe. And trust me, understand this. You're talking to somebody right now who is only back in Cincinnati because my mom got sick. If my mom had never gotten sick, I would still be in Alabama Uh or somewhere else. Okay. because I was even getting to the point where where I was in Alabama, I had friends, had a crib, I had a girl, whatever have you. I was still looking like, okay, what's my next move? Like, I want to go someplace else. I've never really wanted to be stationary forever. Right. And I never wanted to come back here. So, I get the I got to go mentality. Right. But I have also met the I ain't never going nowhere people. And it's not, um oh, down on myself. I ain't never. No, these are people who do what they can excuse me and what they have to do to make sure that they can stay where they are their life's goal is to be right here
2: yeah i mean but that's <laughs> their li- that's their choice yeah, and, if, yeah, and, yeah. and it's to me you don't in and, and that's okay but you got to understand that you might get a stray bullet they do right they accept that
1: they're okay with that
2: and that's your life though if you want to live that's worth the, if you the familiarity and the yeah. the the fear of change is right. so overwhelming. You can say it's worth it. I'm staying,
1: and that's what they say. Yeah, and that, and they never get that this is too bad. I got to do something. They get the mindset of I just have to modify my behavior to stay here.
2: I just got to do whatever I can to avoid straight bullets or what, getting mugged or carjacked or, or whatever the hell or what,
1: yeah. whatever it is that could come. Whatever may come of that area of that situation. You adjust your behavior to protect yourself the best you can until the inevitable comes or the unavoidable. Inevitable is not the right word, but the unavoidable. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that even with things that you and I look at as, okay, it's unavoidable, but it's so horrible that you kind of want to shift your position and shift your life. And like, okay, maybe I can move maybe seven blocks down the street where it's a little better. They're like, no. Seven blocks down the street is too far out of my comfort zone. I like this. I'm familiar with this. I know that to avoid those stray bullets, I just need to not be outside when them dudes get to popping off. Yeah. When I see the voices getting louder, I go ahead and collect my stuff and go indoors. Now, people have been hit through windows. Yeah. People have been hit through walls. Fine. But at least I know that I did what I could to protect myself and still stay in this hood. Right, but you didn't do what you could. Well, you know what? That's you know my mind- their- no, mindset. No, 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 but You, understand. you and I yeah, understand I mean, that yeah. you you not do what you could could have did was call you all right but what they could in their mind was i went indoors right you know what i'm saying and then you get and these are the people that you also have to respect the activists Mm -hmm. who say i did what i could i went out there and tried to stop it there was a, a story i read not too long ago about a young man who was killed who was literally like one of the biggest community activists in his hood yeah like he wanted to come back to his neighborhood to make it better Okay, and I, and I, oh geez. you know what? I'm see. I'm gonna try to look it up, and I'm not gonna locate right, it. Fast don't worry enough. about it. It's fine. I mean, we'll, we'll look it he, up later. He was a good dude, uh uh-huh. and because I want to say it was might have been in Chicago, but it might have been like here, right? And he was hit by a stray bullet, like trying to. Fucking stop some people from doing the things that they do. Yeah, and it was known throughout the community because he had gone to college and everything, and he chose to come back to try to improve his neighborhood, which that's noble. Like, but that's still, I want what I had—the comfort, the home. You know, home You're still is so fighting important for your turf. Yeah, yeah. You're and- just trying to make it better, which I which I respect. But you're still trying to fight to be where you grew up at.
2: Yeah, you're just trying to peacefully regain your yeah. claim. And, okay, I honestly, I don't even know if I respect that. Because that's just another war that you're trying to wage. And, like, involve, like, trying to better your community. Like, look out for your people. Like, take care of the ones you love. But trying to change people? I'm like, dude, you're going to get a stray bullet. It's going to ha- Don't. Don't be a martyr. Don't say, oh, I'm gonna change these people who don't wanna be changed. I'm gonna revitalize this neighborhood. Like, dude, this is these are buildings. These are buildings. These are bricks. These are this is mortar. This is drywall. It's that's all this is. So just I I hate when people get sentimental about their city and like, oh rebuild that I'm like, dude, things die, things decay.
1: Move on with your
2: life. Take care of your people and do what's best. But
1: the other side of that coin. Is and and this is gonna be the most cliched bullshit ever, and it's cliched because of so many people who have used it the wrong way. Okay, we'll I'll make fun of you, and I'll. That's fine. Right, what I'll take got? it. Yeah, yeah. The babies. Okay. The children. The people who come from that neighborhood who can be something, who can do something if they're given the opportunity to do so. Okay. The 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 little ten-year-old girl or five-year-old girl who's riding down the street on her her big wheel, yeah. who doesn't know this from that, big from bad from good, as far as society is concerned, as far as these these gangsters and these hoodlums and thugs are concerned, she just wants to ride her big wheel. Yeah. And she catches a straight bullet in the head. Okay. Okay. So now you're looking at a little girl who could quite possibly have grown up to be the person who cures cancer, to be the person who, who creates peace in the Middle East, yeah. to affect climate change in a positive manner. You're looking at a group of people who, granted, because of their circumstances and because of the choices of the people who are responsible for them, right. never get the opportunity to be who they could be for the rest of us. So it's, it's one of those situations where I get it. You know, you're, you're talking about protecting the ones you love and the ones you care yeah. about. But you're also weighing that against those who are the greater good, quote unquote, people who are just like, look, this neighborhood could produce some world leaders. OK, so I'm not just fighting for my neighborhood. I'm not just fighting for the bricks and the mortar around me. I'm fighting for what this area could produce. Yes.
2: No, I know what you're saying and what this area, I think we're confusing the area with the people of the area. I get that. So I I get that. Like you said, yeah, exactly. I think these people need, I think it's part of your responsibility as a parent to get your kids the fuck out of there.
1: And I don't disagree with you, not even one little bit, but I've met so many of those parents whose mindset are ingrained in staying that those kids never get the chance to do or be anything else. So if nothing else, the mission of that is to show these people, okay, even if you don't want to do anything else, don't pass that mentality on to your children. Let them decide for themselves, because some of them like you will find in these kinds of areas, you will find people who will downgrade downgrade. Make fun of okay. shit on yeah. anybody who is looking at trying to do different, trying to do better. Like they're looking at them. And, you know, with kids, peer pressure is everything Right for children. So, when you're in those formidable years and everybody around you, and I'm not just talking about your peers, I'm talking about your parents and their friends are looking at you going, why the fuck you want to leave here? Why you want to get about the hood? What's wrong with the hood? Yeah, Yeah, Okay, we got this, we got that, but all you got to do is this, 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 and this, and you be cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is join a gang. All you got to do is tote your gun. All you got to do is watch where you turn, watch who you talk to, watch how you do this. And you cool right here. You ain't got to go nowhere. And they're now slowly but surely decaying this this child's mentality and this child's Desire. They're eroding the way this child's right. want to get out. Now, of course, we all know that there are some who are strong enough who are mentally just geared towards getting out regardless. Right. Well, I, you yeah. will find those, but why not give more of that mentality instead of just writing off the neighborhood?
2: I know what you're saying. And I know it's 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 an impossible question. Bad company corrupts good morals. And it's but what are I think? I mean, I guess what it comes down to is schools, because a lot of times yeah. the parents are the ones saying, uh, "Hey, no, just don't go around that corner, stay yeah. away from here, and we can hang out." And this is part of our life. Don't leave us, right? But so I, I don't know, man, because that's what it is. You gotta break the cycle, yeah, somehow. But I, and I think the way you break the cycle is you say, "You want to live like this? Do you? Cool. Do you not? Well, then you gotta flee." Go to this neighborhood. Go to this boring-ass neighborhood where no one's getting shot, but it's cheap as fuck, and there's a decent school. That's, it's, and I know what you're saying, and it, it sucks all the time when parents are responsible for these right. children, and, right. you know, like you said, shaping them as people, and... What they believe, and right.
1: when the and, I don't know, and and I think another part of it, and and this is a co- of course a question that nobody is going to answer it with two microphones on I a got Sunday it. afternoon. we're getting to the bottom <laughs> of it, dude. What do you got? Well, fuck, look yeah. here, if we, if you and I figure it the fuck out, and we can get it enacted, yeah. I am one hundred percent down. Poverty. Fuck it, let's do okay. it. Because yeah. I mean, that's the next step. Is then you start talking about money. Yeah. Because the way that the system is currently set up. Yeah. The areas that are the most affluent, we got here. Of course, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which, you know, hey, at a certain point, you have to again look at the the pros and the cons, the good and the bad. Yeah. When you sit there deciding, do I want to be a martyr or do I want to just take care of mine? Yeah. Because, in all honesty, I was raised by people who. Martyrdom was not a bad idea, you know. because martyrdom
2: you, in this. Well, of, just
1: trying to take care of the world, the greater good. Oh, got it. T- taking care of the people, doing everything well, you it's can. What's a complex too? It's not exactly all. Hey, here, look, you know? I'm not gonna say that there was no personal gain to it. Yeah. I'm just saying that that idea was not the bad idea. It was okay. a good and noble. Whereas me personally, I figure, you know, the whole thing, you know, what is it? Think globally, act locally. Yeah. If I get mine to do right. Right. Then if I give mine the opportunity, then there's a possibility that they can be able to take on the problems of the world or what have you. Dude, and that's,
2: I know what you're saying. Then I think a lot of times we think way too globally because we think Trump. Oh, yeah. What can I do about Trump? I'm like, dude, yeah. don't worry about Trump.
1: Be yeah. good in your own world. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that, and that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I, I mean, and I don't. I think we may have had this conversation, but. The The whole political thing, like, yeah, sure, there are some things that affect your day-to-day life that go on on a national level. Yeah. But the best possible thing you can do is work toward making your immediate area the best that it can be. Right. And that includes taking care of your kids, teaching them right from wrong, yeah. making sure they're given the opportunities to have good education, giving them a worldview that is not... Uh, prejudice and is not hateful towards others you yeah. know accepting you know that's some of the most important things treating your absolute, treating your your actual neighbors with respect right you know not being shitty when you see somebody that's different from you yeah. you know like that is going to always be way more powerful
2: yeah and i think that's how good propagates i think it's on very yeah. small level yeah. people want to people want to save the world when it's like you got to you got to to save people around you. First.
1: Which is true. But at a certain point, it, it becomes a matter of, and this is one of the things that I know we touched, we, you and I have touched on yeah. before. There is so much money to be made from keeping people down, so to speak. How so? Well, you're looking at a fact of, you know, you breed fear. You can sell things for fear, out okay. of fear. You can make oh, yeah. money selling okay. fear, you know, and you can also protect your. You're standing by keeping those below you, quote unquote, too divided to be able to grant you decent competition. Ah, uh, okay. Absolutely. So because I've said it before, like there's some black dude out there that has a brilliant idea that could help the entire world, but the only problem is is that some white dude out there has the other side to his idea that can enact it, and they're too busy looking at each other like, well. F- Fuck that, Negro. Fuck that, Cracker. Right. And that's the only reason why this one brilliant idea can't fucking take shape.
2: Because it became about race.
1: Dude. And and somebody out there who has the status quo product or the status quo process that this product or process that's being that's in concept stage could challenge right is going well fuck that i'm making too much money for these two dudes to meet each other right so i have to spend every fucking bit of my budget that i've allocated toward that right which we're talking about Multi-million, and in some cases, multi-billion dollars. Yeah. I mean, if you're asking me to point to specific industries, I can't, but only because the possibilities are endless if we stop shitting on
2: each other. Right. So you're trying to say they're trying to maintain uh, chaos and anger and try to maintain a war so that they can let their sleeping dog line profit. There it is. Yeah. I know what you're saying, and I think... We, and this was one thing we really I wanted to get into yeah. but it's um I think it is I think uh, I think it's an ec- it's a class 4 that of is definitely course. happening there's definitely racial tensions but I think yeah. people play that up to it's the I'll just give this example black lives matter okay when i hear black lives matter i'm like i get it i'm like okay cuz you know black people die and no one gives a shit they're trying to say hey black lives matter and to you know, anyone else, me, I'm, I'm like, yeah, we get it. And right. I think the white people that say all lives matter or white lives matter, people are like, well, yeah, you don't get the point. And I think, no, I think they do get the point. But what they're trying to say is black people aren't the only ones that are getting marginalized. You know, as a white person, do I get marginalized? No, I was born into a, you know, middle class family. I'm fine. But you have these white people that, you know, maybe trailer people, maybe they got neck tattoos right. and shit. They look... Cops, like, cops don't give a fuck about them. No, they and don't. They're they don't. saying, look, I'm oppressed too. And then, so now you have all these white people and they're angry at black people. Because right. they're like, hey, fuck you. Right. You're not the only ones being oppressed. Right. And then meanwhile, middle class and wealthy people are like, oh yeah, you guys figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, know? here here's the one thing where, two different things. I'm going to start with one thing because the other thing I can kind of remember, and this one I kind of want to throw out. Have you seen the movie Django? Yeah. You know the point where they meet Don Johnson's character. Yeah. And they ask him, well, how should we treat Django?" Yeah. Well, he's free, so you can't treat him like a slave. Oh, well, do we treat him like white folk? No. No, 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 no. Okay. What do we, we treat him? Well, you know them coons over there? These white people, they're the poor white, poor trash. Yeah. and They ain't worth shit. They ain't better than... Yeah, treat him like that. It's like there, there has to come a point where people have to realize that... Poor white people and poor black people go through the same shit. Right. They are definitely marginalized. Now, the problem is, is that at one point in time in our country, at one point in time is bullshit. It happens now. Yeah. (laughs) But the, the whole, well, at least I'm not black theory has propagated so much so to the point where it's hard to get past the fact that black people have been shit on for the entire length of history. And... It has come now to the point where white people are being shit on so much that black people are just looking going... See, we told you that this was the shit that happened. Yeah. This is what was happening to us. Now it's happening to you. Now all of a sudden you're trying to downgrade our argument, downgrade our struggle because, well, now it's happening to us too. All lives matter. Right. Well, motherfucker, they was shooting us a long time ago. Right. Like you got to get away with shooting me just because you were white. It didn't matter how much money we had. Right. You know what I'm saying? But the other side of it is, the, the, the second point that I wanted to make was, this is one place where I feel semantics would have been way more way more important. Okay. My problem with the Black Lives Matters movement is the name. Okay. I think that if they would have came out not saying Black Lives Matter, if they would have came out saying All Lives Matter, you then forced the racists to show themselves for what they are instead of giving them a hiding place. Because saying all lives matter, well, you have to agree with that statement. You don't have a choice because all lives do matter. And I grant you, when you were staring down the barrel of a gun, cop's gun, military, thug on the street, don't matter. All lives matter. I get that. But the fact of the matter is that now by saying all lives matter, you get to take this moral high ground. Yeah, that they don't deserve because they're not using the all lives matter as stating that all people are equal because plenty of people who fall under that all lives matter banner still don't think that the things that happen to black people are legit they still say things like well you should have just cooperated with the cops well what about that little 16 year old white girl that was shot down in fucking kentucky yeah because she panicked and hit the gas pedal on her car and dude shot her like three times through the window Mm -hmm. like that's the similar situ- like situations like that are going on. That is Philando Castile. Philando Castile. I think I fucked his name up really. But that is a guy who fucking panicked, tried to drive away, and got shot in the head. What's that story? The that... cop up there, the shit up there. No, that's not fucking... And you, and you see the cop, that shot. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Tenzing's that was... case. Yeah. Like, it, like, these are two situations where the driver of the vehicle... Decided that they needed to try to get away, were shot. And I think that I don't know if they charged that cop down in Kentucky. I don't know if they did or not. I got to look that up. Yeah. But my point is whether they charged either one or not, both of those situations are horrible. And both of those lives mattered. And both of those people may have made a mistake that cost them their lives. Yeah. But you can't automatically dismiss one and not the other. You can't look at. The white kid getting shot as a tragedy, travesty, tragedy—horrible yeah. situation that he brought on himself—and then look at the little white girl and go, "Well, she didn't deserve it." Well, yeah, no, neither one of them really deserved it, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there are, pl- and I will be the one to admit, there are plenty of white people who have been killed by police officers unfairly, unjustly. Mm-hmm. But it seems that for some reason or another, when those situations occur, nobody is looking at the victim going well, what did he do to deserve this? Even if he did it 10 years ago, what did he do to deserve this? Okay. Like everybody is looking at the black vit- victims going, yeah, yeah, no, this is gotta of his fault somehow. Let's find a way that it's his fault. Yeah. And then they're looking at the white victim and going, well, this poor little misunderstood kid never did nothing to nobody. Right? Right. This was unfair was bullshit. Yeah. Like if you're going to dig into one, dig into both. If you're not going to dig into one, don't dig into the other.
2: Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Uh, and I, I agree, but I, I think my, cause yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about the girl in Kentucky or whatever, but was she, she was, so she was played off as like this poor little innocent girl. She
1: was a high school girl okay. at a party right in the wood or in the field somewhere out in the country mm-hmm. and it was underage drinking and stuff going on. Okay. okay. Of course. So cops raided the party. And told her to stop, and she panicked and hit the gas because she was driving a car. Yeah, she panicked. She hit the gas, and she came close to the officer. Right, and the officer shot through the window three times and killed her, three or four times. Yeah, you know what? And that's her.
2: that's actually. And then, but, and, the, but but you saying their overall story was like poor o- little they white they girl They never gets shot. tried
1: to dig into her past. They never tried to look up her tweets on. on she just remained a saint. She just remained this. Young girl who should not have been killed, whereas I've heard that old dude that got killed up here, he had weed in the dashboard, he had been arrested a bunch of times in the past. Oh, there's there's video
2: of him, too.
1: Yeah. And there's,
2: yeah. I mean- Yeah, like, everybody
1: dug up his past, and I'm not saying that he has a clean past, Yeah. but when you're talking about the situation in specific, where he was killed by this officer, do we really need to bring up 10, 15, 5, 6 years ago?
2: Well, I mean, sure, but if you're gonna do that, do it for the 16 year old girl as well.
1: That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: you know, I and you're right. So that to that point, um, I'd say if it was, I don't know. I think obviously there's racism in our country, yeah. and it's not yeah. just completely like socioeconomic. Right. It's there's racism. Um, so I do think, yeah, in that case, we found a way to like you know they made the story about this black dude probably had it coming right, right? and the, right. versus a 16 year old girl who almost
1: ran over a cop right um and even with perpetrators of crimes yeah it's the same theory because
2: as well, we want right, to know we
1: got it right well but see that's just it as of right now even though you have okay you have a black person who murder somebody. Okay. And they're of course wanting to paint him as this thug, this lifelong animal who had no respect or caring right. for anybody else. No, no, no. He knew what he was doing. There's no problems there. Whereas you have a white kid like Dylan Roof, who shoots up a church. Was that Dylan? I think I fucking oh, in, like that name South too. Carolina or yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 okay. I'm, I'm going to re- retract the name because I don't really, I don't yeah. I, That might be his name, yeah, but okay. I'm You're not fine. sure. Yeah. But he goes in and suddenly it's about it's a mental health issue. It's what, what problems were going on, what influenced him. Yeah. You know, he was always a good kid and now all of a sudden it's like, you get tired of hearing that narrative being twisted depending on the, the race of the perpetrator. Right. You know, you want it to be, you know, this black kid, he had all kind of crap going on in his neighborhood. He never really wanted to be a bad kid. Or you want to hear this white kid has been a lifelong racist. He's always wanted to kill some people. And now he's gotten his chance. He's a monster. Like you want to hear the same narrative for these similar crimes instead of always having to go, Jesus, they they made this kid look like a monster and this kid look like a misunderstood saint. Who just had a who just had a problem.
2: So they make it. Yeah, that's interesting. So they make it. Which I mean it's it's crazy because I think the more insidious is the person, the racist, the psycho racist. Versus. Yeah, yeah and I, I yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe that's so you think there is I guess it'd be media
1: is trying to paint like Well, and see, media to me is a tool. Like they're they're not Oh, it's entertainment. Dude, I it's think. In, well, yeah. yeah, and we had we talked about yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah, media is definitely it's entertainment. It's about yeah. ratings. I will grant you that. So, the more you can sensationalize a story, the better off you are. But in that sense, in that sensationalization, yeah, you end up with a society that has a view of the quote unquote other side. That allows them to distance themselves from them and to not look at them as equal and even. Yeah. You know, you have a bunch of white people in the suburbs who see all black people as monstrous killers. You have a bunch of black people in the hood who are looking at white people as all these mentally ill motherfuckers who are going to get off anyway. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everybody's looking at each other going, well, I have no reason to fucking... Worry about him or to deal with that white kid when I got shit in my own prob- backyard going on. Okay, instead of going, this is being done to us, to all of us, right, for whatever reason, and to investigate those reasons. My opinion is the reason is money, is finances. But this is being done to us, black and white. Right. You know they're they're killing us. They're spitting the story to not get to make us not really see each other as equals right. and to, to continue to breed dissension among us so that way we can never give each other the benefit of the doubt and stand together against this machine that's that's been in operation. Yeah. So to, you think cooperation and yes. working
2: together is not profitable for it's no I agree. I because totally agree. It, thre- it threatens yeah. their,
1: their control of the power.
2: Yeah, because people working together could probably accomplish a lot of
1: things. A lot, yeah. And, it, and if nothing else, it breeds competition, right? And that and that right there, I mean, let's be honest, it's the reason why people cheat. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like infidelity in, in relationships. No, yeah, I'm talking about like, like insider throats, trading, man. Yeah, I'm talking from, about like yeah. yeah, you know, shit like that. It's the reason why people do it because you want to try to cut down. On as much opposition and resistance as you possibly can, that's good business. That's great business. So now it's great business to recognize the fact that there are a lot of people out there that can threaten your wealth if they're allowed to recognize their potential. Right. And their recognition of their potential could come in the form of somebody who they normally would not talk to because they were raised in a different race, in a different neighborhood, under a different seemingly set of circumstances, which is not really that different. If they yeah. would have ever realized the similarities, they would view each other as fucking equals. They would view each other as potential partners, and they would threaten what we have going.
2: Yeah, because you can... Then you two people could come together and see who the real enemy is. Bingo. Which is the people keeping them down. Bingo. Yeah. No, you're totally right, and I, I agree, and I think we need to... I think, yeah, we even need to look past the dissension among people who we think are the enemy, like, yeah, like racists and stuff, you can eventually you can come to a point where you're like, dude, you're poor. I'm poor. We're both poor. You're mad. I'm kind of mad at you because you're mad at me. But maybe we can come together and figure out
1: why we don't have what we want and realize that it's not each other's fault. The craziest shit in the world to me is if you sit down and you listen to regular everyday conversations, okay that's where people really will show you their similarities and i'm not saying that i've had conversations with all these different people i've talked to gang members before yeah um and not necessarily deep conversations but just general bullshit yeah but if you listen to them and then you listen to somebody who's part of like the aryan brotherhood or the aryan circle like the hardcore militant factions of these different organizations like they don't talk to cops, <laughs> yeah. Just like, just like hood gangsters don't. Yep. Uh, they keep their head on a swivel, just like hood gangsters do. Mm-hmm. They like to have bitches and smoke weed, just like hood gangsters. Like, it's so many similarities among these people that it's like, okay, if we were to produce a checklist and you were to go down this checklist and check off all the things that you like or you don't like, like literally the only thing that's different between you motherfuckers is race. Yeah. Nothing else. If you were to do the same thing for some guy living in Indian Hill, and I don't know fucking what black suburb, but I know there's a couple in Atlanta that are like black wealthy suburbs. Yeah. Like if you go down the fucking checklist, you motherfuckers sound exactly alike. If you talk to a hardcore militant extremist Muslim and a hardcore militant extremist Christian, they sound exactly the same. Right. Like, there is no fucking difference in their ideologies whatsoever. Except yeah. for the fact of, I pray this way, you pray that way. Right. I have this skin color, you have that skin color. They tell me this on the news about you. Well, they tell me this on the news about you, so we could never be friends. Bullshit. It's,
2: I mean, it, it's funny, but it does become a thing that they're so passionate about. Is yeah. their brand of whatever it may right. be. When in reality, it's like, because I, I remember meeting someone because my sister-in-law is a huge Ohio State fan this is a real basic example but it proves my point yeah uh huge Ohio State fan hates Michigan all right and then like someone we met was a huge Michigan fan like hated Ohio State and it was right. funny I'm like you guys sound exactly alike exactly. but instead of the word Ohio State you're saying Michigan and you're right with religion it's the same thing yeah. like you both are such zealots I think you could really get along with each other if you could just realize that it's all the same God. It's all
1: the same shit. Yeah. It's all the same ideology. It's all the same basic principle of, excuse me, this is something that makes me feel good about myself and about right. my life. Right. My worth You as know. A
2: person. Yeah. 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 And,
1: and if you stop it there. Yeah. And for everything else, you look at. The the, diff- the uh, similarities between you and somebody you've been taught to hate. Yeah. You realize very, very quickly that to accomplish the goals that your religion or your belief system has told you need to be accomplished, they're fighting for the same things. Right. Like, people don't understand. <laughs> Fundamentalist Muslims... Hate gays just as much as fundamentalist Christians. Mm-hmm. Like they have no respect for that lifestyle whatsoever. Right. And it's like they both they both think those who live in this country, yeah, they both think America is going to hell because it's so full of sin and so full of horrible people accepting things that are against God. Yeah. And it's like if you just sit and you listen and you're just like, Yeah, I heard a Muslim say that. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a Christian say that. And they're like, yeah, but 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 they're the bad guys. Well why? Well because yeah. of the honorable prophet Elijah Muhammad or because of the Lord Jesus right. Christ. And it's like, well, okay, I get it. There's different both? guys, yeah. but let's take the guys out of it for a second. Right. And look at what it is you believe about these different aspects of, yeah. of
2: society. Just hang out and talk about how much you hate gay people and you might get along.
1: There is a video that I saw it was an animated video where this Muslim and uh Fucking redneck were Mm -hmm. like clowning. Yeah. Oh, God. Now, this video, I really want to find it, but it was. They're just just connecting on that. They they started to connect on levels of like rate or gay people and government and and fucking things of that nature. They were just like, they found out they had so much in common. Right. That it was like. Well, jeez, I don't even know why I hate you anymore. Even yeah. down the guns. Like, they started exchanging information about the weapons because the Muslim yeah. dude had an AK-47 and the redneck had, like, a shotgun. He was like, is that an AK? Oh, yeah, shoot. It's got the 7462 hollow point rounds. Yeah. Well, your shotgun looks pretty nice, too. I like that. They're like, yeah, we're yeah. fucking buddies. People are all the same. They are all the God damn, if you take a fucking hardcore racist and a hardcore black supremacist and you put them in a room and you cut off the oxygen supply, they're both going to die. No yeah. genetics are going to keep either one of them alive. So the super race bullshit does not exist. Right.
2: And I think a big thing is... uh It's the fact that we don't want to listen. We want to know who the enemy is. We do. And I think we we know if we do listen, we might realize, like, ah, shit, it's just a guy like me. Yeah. We're
1: all the same, and he just has a different means to an end. It's so much easier for somebody to tell you who your enemy is than for you to do the research on your own. Dude, it's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work to listen.
2: Ignorance is just a way of saying, I'm... It's, it's laziness. Mm-hmm. It's you saying, you know what? I just want to blindly hate someone. I don't want to figure out why I hate them. I, I can't disagree with you.
1: I yeah. cannot disagree. Like, that's literally... It's like, I don't want to have to think for myself. I don't want to have to put myself in an uncomfortable or even an unpopular situation. Right. Because... I have associated myself with people, and we all get along, we all like each other, and we've all agreed that that guy over there is the enemy. So if I'm seen over there trying to listen to him, trying to figure him out, trying to understand him, well, then I got to come back to being called a traitor, a race traitor, or, or a fucking whatever like an infidel a a fucking non-believer right like just because i'm trying to because you know there are some religions where it's where it's literally against the religion for you to step foot in another church yeah i mean i think if i'm not mistaken i think i don't know i don't think it's mormon but i think seven day of venice yeah like it is literally against their religion for you to step foot in another church
2: yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, of it, the faith, a lot of religions. I think it's ultimately yeah. it's they try to discourage just yeah. curiosity. Yeah, and reason being, I think you open yourself up to a lot of uh, questions. Yeah,
1: and yeah, and I and I I mean, yeah. I, I love my family dearly, and the people that raised me, family, extended family. Yeah, but if you are in doubt, yeah. Of the belief system that has been indoctrinated to you since childhood. Right. Then you are pretty much sinning. Yeah. By having questions and having doubts. And you you just need to recommit yourself to the religion, to the faith, Mm -hmm. rather than to actually explore options. Yeah. And don't speak up. Yeah. Don't. Don't ask questions. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Nah, nah, don't do it cuz you I mean, you will be ostracized. You will be put on the list of enemies. <laughs> yeah. Like you will be even even to a point where you will be pitied. Like people are like, "Oh, you
2: poor thing. I'll pray yeah. for you." Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: You will be condescended to because it's like it's seen doubt is seen as a sickness. Like yeah, it, it's seen the same as cancer. Like you cannot Allow yourself, and this is the one sickness and disease that you can control. It's kind of like alcoholism. Mm-hmm. You know how people always look at alcoholics like, well, yeah, you're, yeah, I have a disease, but right. that's some shit you can control, yeah. which I'll which I admit I'm guilty of that myself to, a, to an extent. Me too, yeah. But at the same time, that's what doubt is. Doubt is to the believer. I'm not just going to say the Christian. The yeah. believer, whatever faith, it is seen as a sickness that you can control. Dude, you know what's
2: funny? That's, uh, what that really, I've had that thought, and even talking to my father, we got into, not like an argument, but we were talking, and right. it came down to the fact that I'm like, my father thinks faith is a choice. Yeah. And I was like, it is, you cannot, it's not. You either believe something's true, or you don't, you'd, you're not going to say, oh, I believe that my shirt is, like, red. I believe it. It's not a choice. I know. I believe my shirt's green. Even if I say I'm going to choose to believe my
1: shirt's red, I'm. it's not, you no, know no, what I'm no. saying? I do, but I, I believe that faith is a choice. But the problem is, is that when you talk about faith versus accepting fact, that's where the split comes for me. Because faith is something you have to say to yourself My shirt is red. No matter what fact comes along to prove to me that my shirt is, because my shirt is blue, yours is green. Yeah. We can look at them and say that. But if somebody has ingrained into your brain from birth that that is actually the color red. Yeah. And that this is actually the color red. Then it takes having to be accepting of outside information and actually accepting it. To say, okay, maybe I've been wrong this whole time rather than to have to, to just stick to your faith, to say, look, I have faith in the fact that this is red. I don't care what anybody else says to me. I don't care what anybody else brings to me. This is my belief. This is red. And I have faith that one day people around me will ignore the facts and say that this is red.
2: Yeah, I know what you're saying. So what you're saying is you've made this choice and you're not looking for outside information as to the color of your shirt. You're saying I'm not looking over there.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And and and, and, and when I look at faith, I mean, maybe my my example is way too simplistic. Let's go a a little further. Let's let's go to the whole deity thing. I have faith that someone is up there watching out for me, controlling the actions of the world. There's yeah. a plan in place for me. I have faith in that. I see random shit happening around me all the time, but I refuse to let go of the faith that I have, that there is a plan in place, that everything happens for a reason. And that faith makes you comfortable. It makes you be at peace with things that happen around you. It makes you feel good. You know, you you see... I don't think you have control over that feeling well, but of see, feeling good though. I think you do because at at one at any point in time where you decide to allow the doubt in it shakes the faith. Ooh yeah. That's my point. That's why doubt is not allowed in the religions, because once you allow in that doubt, it shakes the faith. Once you recognize the fact that there are certain things that you can do <clears throat> to control situations, it suddenly shakes your faith in the grand plan. It suddenly it either makes you go one of two directions. You would either go, well, the grand plan is using my doubt as part of its plan, or you say, Maybe the grand plan isn't exactly what I thought it was. Maybe I can't believe in that plan anymore because now I see that there is more control available than I thought before. Doubt shakes faith. That's why faith has to become a choice. You have to say, I'm going to maintain faith Mm -hmm. or I'm going to accept doubt.
2: Okay, so I get what you're saying. So you can maintain faith by ignoring doubt and not embracing the doubt. There you go. Ah, interesting. Okay, well, I guess then that's what. Because I guess now, I don't know what your father's point you was. Know what? I'm just Maybe saying Maybe that's what that... he was trying to say. Because the way I interpret it is just saying like, nope, I believe it. I believe right. it. Just like saying mentally, And I'm like, you can't just like say my shirt's red, right? But you're right. Maybe it, the choice is to say, uh, I'm, I'm just not thinking about anything that leads me down the the you know the rabbit trail of doubt exactly yeah
1: exactly all right man so because i mean i'll have to ask my dad if that's what he meant (laughs) i mean hey like i said yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that's the way i've always said that's one of the reasons why i i look at religion and i go it's so dangerous to just blindly follow and let's 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 broaden it i look at we were talking earlier about the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. and how, you know, people are this back the blue, back the blue. Right. I mean, look, you can have faith that every person that puts on that uniform and puts on that shield is going to be a decent person and that there is there will never be fallible, they will never be wrong, they will always view the situation in, a, in an intellectual and, and rational manner. Like, you can choose to have faith in that or... You can recognize the fact that there have been numerous occasions over history where cops have been tried and convicted for committing crimes under the protection of that badge. There have been officers who have sold drugs, who have done hits, who have fucking raped women, Mm -hmm. who have raped men. Like there are cops out there who put on that badge and they're still shitty people. So you can have faith that everybody who puts on that badge is going to always do the right thing, or you can accept the doubt that they're human and they're still subject to the same bullshit the rest of us are.
2: Yeah. So what you're saying is if you want to keep the faith that all cops are pure, then don't read a newspaper. Ever. That's what you're saying.
1: Ever. About. Don't read a newspaper. Don't watch the documentary. Because it wasn't documentary. The one seven. I think oh, yeah, it is. I, I have not seen it. that yeah. yet, but that I've read like and heard people talk about it. It's like, these cops sold drugs forever under the protection of the badge.
2: Right. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's holding on to that faith that cops are all in.
1: I mean, I don't are. think anyone does. Today, you would be. Dude, you've seen as much on Facebook as I have. There are people, that whole thing of back the blue. Blue lives matter. Like, their the belief system has come back around. That cops are infallible. It is starting to be a lot more prevalent than it ever was. And well, I won't say ever. Right. But it's starting to be more prevalent than it was in recent years. There was some some years of doubt there. Following Nixon, people were doubting power structures overall. And mm-hmm. it's become, it's gone back to the zealots. It's gone back to the to the extreme right and the extreme left. Yeah, so, they think this is this is the problem.
2: Yeah. We can't just say, oh, cops aren't good they're not bad they're just people that have yeah, guns
1: exactly and authority exactly and the extreme yeah. left is saying all cops are shit yeah. and the extreme right is saying all cops are saints and nobody is just going all cops are people right right <laughs> They're humans. Yeah. So if there's a shitty guy out there who wants to rape women, he's just going to use that badge to do it. Sure If is, there's Dad. a guy out there that wants to put his ass on the line to protect his fellow man every day, yeah. then he's just going to use his badge to do it. But that doesn't change who they are. Putting that badge on doesn't change shit.
2: Yeah, man. And I think... That's the the problem we have now is we want to pick a team. We want to pick black lives. We want to pick blue lives. And I'm like, you don't need to pick a team. You can just talk.
1: But talking means that you have to put in the actual emotional and mental work of figuring out who this person across from you really is. Instead of accepting the picture that's been painted of them for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's also it's
2: that it's the like avoiding it's, you know, it's the hard work of learning. Yeah. And it's also uh, it's also a lot of people don't want to accept the fact that they might not have the answer. Right. Right. And they might actually learn something
1: because uh, that's an- that's another thing about religion, religion. And, I, and I'm just going to say religion. And I'm going to use it in the most broadest sense possible. Yeah. Because some people look at television as their religion. Mm -hmm. Some people look at their belief in family as their religion. Some people believe in their political affiliation as their religion. Yeah. So using religion in that absolutely broad sense, that gives you a comfort of knowledge. It gives you the the sense that you know what's going on. You know what's happening. The grand plan. You know, Mm -hmm. you know that what's going on, there's a reason for it happening. And therefore, you don't have to be worried about something that doesn't look right, because at the end of the day, even though it doesn't look right, eh, you know, it's still part of the grand plan, whereas once you start to accept that doubt once you start to realize that every day is different from the last every situation is different from the last every person is different from the last then you have to do the work of square one with every person every day every situation you have to start it as okay here's this white guy or here's this black guy or here's this woman, or here's this transgendered person, or here's this human being in front of me Mm. that I know nothing about. And I have to figure out who they are, what their intent is you know, can I work together with this person? Yeah. You know, and that shit is, a, and, it, and I mean, my my wife, she is an extreme introvert. Uh-huh. So, dealing with people is extremely hard work for her. Now, you take that and you put that to the American people as a whole. You know, some of us, we're good, we like, we enjoy dealing with other people. Yeah. Some of us don't. A good portion of our society doesn't really like having to get to know new people. And just as a natural progression, as you get get older, mm-hmm. that willingness to deal with new people gets less and less. That tolerance decreases.
2: I know I know what you're saying. Uh, and it's, in one of this this book I read, it's the natural, what your brain does is it categorizes. Mm-hmm. So racism is, it is natural. It is what your brain is doing. It's a category. Your brain yeah. sees, a, sees a white guy, sees an Asian dude, and it's like, recognizes Asian dudes, looks into your catalog of other Asian dudes you know, and it says, probably like them. Yeah. And it's, it's the idea that that's going to happen. Yeah. Your brain can't function if it can't do that, but you need to combat the idea that when I see you, when I met you, I see a black yes. dude and I'm like, oh, it's another black dude. Yes. And then my brain naturally says,
1: yeah, he's, pre- you know, this is what we got going on here. Do you ever watch the show Brain Games or have you ever watched no. the show? I used to watch that show all the time. Um, the new revamp of it, the original. Fuck it. We're not going to go into that right yeah. now. But um, they did an episode where they talked about empathy uh-huh. and sympathy and how the beginning points of that is, oh, uh, Jesus Christ, what is it? Being able to recognize similarities. Like if you are a human being and you see an alien from outer space Well, immediately your brain is going to go to the difference like, oh, shit, he doesn't look like me. So therefore, we're probably not going to be able to get along. Right. And then next to that alien from outer space, let's say that like it's me, I'm a black guy next to that alien from outer space. I see a white guy. And it's like, OK, I identify more with him because mm. he's human right? than I do with this space alien. And then you take it down to the next level where, OK, I've identified with this white guy. Fine. I get it. Then all of a sudden, a black guy walks in and it's like, ah, even more similarity. Right, yeah. So my brain immediately starts to say, well, I empathize more towards him because he's more similar to me you know, or even let's say it's a black woman who walks in, I identify more with her because she's black, like I'm black. Mm -hmm. And then a black guy walks in. It's like, ah, even more. So it's it's literally, like you said, that categorization. It's that breaking it down to the things that we can visually see as similar is where it begins. So when you talk about the work of Dealing with somebody, when you said the word combat, Mm -hmm. you have to combat your brain's natural process. Like, that's why I got excited sitting over here because it's like, that's the work. You have to actually go, okay, brain, these categories that we're comfortable with are wrong. Yep. Or could be wrong. We're not even gonna say that they are wrong, they could be wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna see this guy. Who has a swastika neck tattoo. Yeah. And I'm going to immediately say that he's put his beliefs out there. But then I have to allow myself to say, okay, he got that neck tattoo when he was in a different place in his life. Right. And he has now changed his position in life and doesn't have the money or the opportunity yet to get that removed. Like he tries to cover it the best he can. Right. Because he regrets it. But, you know, he's in a different place in his life. And that's work. Because yeah. the alternative is this guy could be exactly who he's broadcasting, and if I give him the opportunity to, he could cut my throat. Yeah, because so, at, at one
2: point in time, he was trying to index himself in your brain as you a guy that doesn't want to talk to you. Exactly.
1: Or wants exactly. to
2: cut your throat. Exactly. So you got to so, understand, that's, like, it's the same thing, book by its cover. You yes. put on your clothes, you do everything, and you're right. saying, I'm trying to – Give off this vibe when I meet people, they'll be like, "That's a that's a dude wearing a suit." They're like, "I'm gonna treat them like I like dudes in suits." Right, right. So it's the yeah, and and it's the idea <laughs> that you gotta. If, all right, let's say people that are super racist. Okay, mm-hmm. um let's say they the reason they're super racist that maybe they every everyone in their life. Let's say they hate Mexicans. Mm-hmm. All right, because in their life uh, Mexicans came into their neighborhood, started shooting people up, and like. Running, uh, I don't know, gangs and all sorts of shit, whatever. Uh, and now they're super racist against Mexicans because so every time they see one, they think of their ruined neighborhood. Right. So you gotta understand, it's like the, it, this person, they're a racist, but they're also like combating a lot of connotations here. You, you know? ever watch
1: the show Gangland?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've
1: seen that. I saw one literally about, oh, fuck me. I can't remember the organization, but they were racist. Uh Like Aryan Brotherhood, Aryan Circle, something like that. Um, Literally, there was a guy who told that exact story. Mm -hmm. He moved into a neighborhood, lower middle class, uh, poor, uh, white guy, was the only white guy in the neighborhood. He was like in his early ages, like early teens, middle school years. Um, got picked on and beat up by the black kids in his neighborhood all the time yeah. simply because he was white, eventually became a white supremacist. Yeah. Literally because that was what his surroundings taught him. Right. You know, he got tired of trying to do the work of meeting another black person and saying, maybe you will, maybe you won't, and not just even tired of it, it became impractical because he was getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Like any one of those guys off of a random punch could have killed him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you know, and and it's it's literally that's how people become. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're all born as a clean slate. We're not born having any of these preconceived notions. We have to be taught either by those who are responsible for educating us, or by the surroundings that we're in. Yeah, you know, one of those two things is going to teach you what the rest of your life is going to be like. It's going to teach you what those categories in your brain are. Right. So it's, it's literally just you have to either commit to doing the work mm-hmm. or just commit to some sort of, for lack of a better way to put it, self-preservation, like to, to bury yourself or not bury yourself, but to protect yourself and shield yourself and guard yourself mm-hmm. with these categories that don't allow you to meet people who are going to shake those categories.
2: Yeah, but it's is, It is. It's tough. And, it's very and you tough. Need, I mean, you need the categories, too. Oh, like I like said, self-preservation. With a gun, yeah, exactly. Holding a gun? Yeah. Your brain's like, oh, dude with gun? it knows what to do. Throws it in the category. If exactly. you're like, a guy's carrying a gun around and pointing it at people, if your brain is like, let's give this guy a chance, it's like, obviously... But you're probably going to end
1: up with three yeah, bullets exactly. in you. Yeah, exactly. You're dead, man. I mean, and, and that's the thing, though. It's literally... That scenario, every time you meet somebody who has been categorized as bad for you. Yeah. You know, when you are taught that all white people want to take advantage of you, and then you meet a white person. And, you know, let's be honest. People have used, and I'm talking about all humans, have used good to mask bad Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Yeah. So, when you're looking at this white guy who's like, oh, I'm trying to do good things for you. Like you're going to accept those good things faster from another black person than you are a white person because in your mind, well, he's just trying to trick me when he may actually be trying to do good for you right. because he is, for lack of a better way to put it, one of the good ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... Yeah. But it, it, it's not an easy thing. Like, I'm not even going to say... I was having this conversation. Um, I did... Uh, Capasso show up in uh, Yellow Springs. Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation with a young lady up there. And it was like, you know, she was definitely a very pro-black person, which I respect. But it was just the factor of I was trying to tell her, like, look, either you can keep yourself in this bubble yeah. of black of white people being bad, or you can start to was try this a to, white girl? No. It's a black girl. Black okay, girl. Yeah,
2: okay, yeah.
1: Or you can start trying to find or not fine, but judge each individual human that you meet, white, black, or otherwise, right. by who they are. Mm. Like, give them the opportunity. And she was like, but it's so hard and so tiring. And I'm like, it's going to be the most difficult, right. tiring, ridiculous thing you've ever done in your life. Because, you know, like we, like you and I just said, you're going to have to break those categories in your brain. Mm-hmm. But you also, and this is the part that I did say to her, was that you have to weigh the pros and cons. You have to decide, do you want to go ahead and let things stay as they are or do you want to put in the work and make things different? Yeah. You know, do you want to have a world where everybody is distrustful of each other off rip because of the categories that we have set for ourselves? Yeah. Or do you want to have a world that could potentially be that could live up to its potential that human cuz humans can do great things Yeah. if we get past all that bullshit like which one do you want do you want the potentially great world or are you cool with the way things are
2: yeah and i think what you kind of have to do cuz we're talking about self-preservation and actually combating i think you need to you need to make sure that everything you do connotation wise and like is to preserve yourself but not combat someone else.
1: You can't walk into it blindly. I'm not I'm right. not going to say walk into it as a fool. I'm not saying right. that you have to throw away every single inhibition you have. Right. But you have to be willing to accept the fact that somebody is not always going to remain in the category that you put them in at first glance. Yeah, that's the and that and that's the part that, again, with the self-preservation thing, I mean, let's go to the most extreme example that we've used man with a gun. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and say that, you know, if you give this man with a gun the opportunity to put three bullets in your chest, then there's an excellent chance that that's what he's going to do. Yeah. But what if this man with a gun is looking for somebody to talk him down? Right. Like, I know it sounds weird. It sounds really sick to think that this guy's already committed himself to such an extreme action. But there was an, oh gosh, there was an officer who was actually like thrown off the force, Mm -hmm. uh, disciplined, because he refused to pull his gun on on an armed suspect who was basically a threat, an immediate threat, but he tried to talk him down. Several other officers showed on the scene and ended up killing this young man. He was, I want to say, he was Latino, mm-hmm. the 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 assailant. Okay, but you know, and they they threw the officer off the force because they said that he didn't follow protocol. Okay, you know, you're if you see a, a, a assailant with a weapon, you're supposed to draw your weapon. Yeah, I get it. There's a good reason for that that rule being in place. Right, There's an excellent reason. Mm-hmm. But he recognized this guy as being distraught. Mm -hmm. He recognized this guy as possibly trying to commit what they call suicide by cop. Yeah. Like, he recognized that this young man may have just needed somebody to talk to him. Right. And he tried to talk to him. Yeah. Now, again, unfortunately, the situation ended up as it did. But that's, when you talk about extreme circumstances or extreme examples, that's a young man whose life could have been saved if more people had thought like the initial officer on the scene yeah now would it have definitely turned out that way if they hadn't have fired on him yeah i can't answer that question and that's where the combat's going to come in at everybody's right. going to talk about the what ifs right i get it i'm not blind to the what ifs but i also want included in the what ifs what if he could have been talked down
2: Yeah, and I think to scale the example back down is things, stakes are really, rarely, very rarely ever that high. True, very true. So why the fuck not try to talk yourself down and them, someone else down who's being aggressive towards you and try to understand them? Because they probably don't have a gun.
1: Exactly, you know. Exactly, like I said, we we're using most extreme examples, right? But at the same time, that that like you just said, it makes it more ridiculous not to go with the more rational option, yeah. When you don't have a gun or a knife to your head, yeah. When you don't have anything threatening your immediate immediate existence, yeah. Relax, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> this was I mean, dope, dude. Yeah, it's literally that simple. Just fucking relax, relax, Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, Chill out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Mm
2: -hmm. respond with aggression when you're being given aggression. Right. Yeah.
1: And and here's the thing. And this is toward the aggressor. Allow yourself to be talked down. Allow yourself. It it gives a two-way street because, granted, you can meet aggression with reasonability and still be shouted down. Right. (laughs) Or still, it's like there has to come a point where... And I've said this before specifically about racism, but I'll say it now about just extreme behavior or extreme opinions. Uh-huh. There has to come a point for things to change where every single human being is in agreement. And yes, this is a fucking grand scale idealistic thing. Yeah. So I know it's probably not reasonable, but the goal, if every single person starts to accept rationality, reasonability, moderation as a starting point instead of extreme behavior. Yeah. You know, if you walk into a situation and you go, I see something I don't agree with, but instead of attacking it, let me try to understand it. And if it presents itself in a rational manner, the proper response is to not go further and deeper into my extremism. Mm-hmm. The proper response is to try to come out from my own opinion right. to a place where we can it, at bare minimum agree to disagree. Right. Bare minimum.
2: And still see each other as human beings. And
1: still see each other as worthwhile. Yeah. And uh I've cuz
2: I've I've been very open-minded about ideas and things like that and I've also I've come to the realization that when I do whatever, I walk into this place and I see something I disagree with. Right. I've also learned sometimes that like we talked about, you know, having conversations sometimes with like religious people and stuff. Right. There's a point where I'm like, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm not going to argue with them. I'm not right. going to combat, but I've, it's not worth my time to go there. And that's totally fine too, to just say, you know what, that I don't agree with that. But like. I don't have the time, and it's not worth my time. I'm not mad, but yeah. I just... Yeah. I don't fuck with it, so like, later.
1: My wife's family have a lot of Trump supporters. Yeah. Not a lot, but there's there are yeah, some. Yeah, it's over there, yeah. But the, the, the great and wonderful thing that I like about these people is that we can still have a good time together. Yeah. We can still laugh and joke and talk and clown around. You know, when they were at, they were at our wedding and they were very welcoming of me into the family. Mm -hmm. And I, I was very appreciative of it. And very, 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 very rarely Mm -hmm. do we talk about politics. Yeah, we we don't Mm -hmm. like we've had some conversations and we have met in some places on some points. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, we avoid those conversations because, again, it's about the similarities, not the differences. Yeah. It's about finding the things that you can actually connect on and, and relate to. Than to harp on the things that we can And that's the scary part about the climate that we have in our country nowadays. Is that everybody is too busy harping on the differences. And nobody's paying attention to the similarities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, full circling the point, that's why we end up staying broke. That's why we end up staying, you know, divided Mm -hmm. as people. Because there are too many people who want to harp on what we have different. yeah. Yeah. And and that's because again, it's profitable for them to exploit our differences.
2: Yeah, and it's also on us too for
1: wanting to have a simple enemy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's the laziness yeah. of of us as individuals to not want to put in the work. Yep. To to not treat everybody like day one square one, you are in this category and that's where you stay. Yeah. 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 So, I think we solved it, dude. Hey, look, if we can just put this shit into practice, yeah. I am with you on the solution.
2: Yeah. Serious. Yeah, dude, you know what? Like, I think there's good
1: stuff here. Yeah. Oh, there really is. There's yeah. all. There are a lot more good things in these conversations than people are willing to credit. Yeah. Because they, they want so desperately to be comfortable in their being right. Right. That they are willing to completely ignore the, the actual... There's a word for fucking compromise mm-hmm. than to actually give credit credit to the compromise. Right. They'd rather go, well, yeah, okay, I see your point on this and I see your point on this, but goddamn Obama yeah. and goddamn Trump. And it's right. like, dude, you just sat up here and came up with like 12 different points that you all can agree on, but you can't agree on this one. And so y'all going to let all of that other stuff fall to the wayside? Well, I think you want to win. And and you have to understand that winning is not more important yeah. than the survival of us all as a species. Yeah, I'm going way Some too far might, with that point. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I Some went way too far with that it, point. But... No, I understand that I went too far. I went too far. I get it. But I, I mean, no, I don't. I
2: don't think you did. I think that it's kind of it's. Do you want to be right or do you want to live in
1: peace? I I had somebody uh, said a phrase to me once, and it was under totally different context but i didn't fully understand it at the time when it was said to me it was said to a group of people it was you can either be right or you can be better yeah and and the context in which it was said to me and said to the group that i was in was about comedy writing mm-hmm. it was brian million but the context in which it was said was in the the context of writing comedy but i've started to realize that as a broader point it's so true yeah you can either be right or you can be better. You can take what you have and what you know and say that this is it, this is the way it is, this is the end-all, be-all, or you can go out and meet people who can enhance your life, who have opposing viewpoints. I love the TV show Sports Night. Mm -hmm. The uh, managing editor was a character by the name of Isaac Jaffe. How can I rattle this shit off? Played by Robert Guillaume. Why the fuck is this shit coming to my head now? And I can't remember shit else. Robert Guillaume's character, Isaac Jaffe, said this because he was the managing editor. He was like, I've learned something in this business. If you're smart or if you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. If you're smart, surround yourself with smart people that disagree agree with you yeah that's how you be successful shit yeah you can either be right or you can be better you can either surround yourself with people who are just as intelligent as you who don't have your same viewpoint who can give you concise intelligent fucking points as to why what you believe may not be right and you can accept that or you can hold on to what you got and never improve
2: Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like the bigger man argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whoever just, yeah, is just willing to, I don't know, either like let it go or just be willing to sacrifice your
1: pride. There you go. Yeah. And pride is a motherfucker. I'm not even saying that pride is not a big thing. Pride is huge. Yeah. But at a certain point, you have to realize why pride is one of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. There's a reason why that shit is on the list. Dude. It's, yeah. You don't, you don't think about it, but in like a lot of your life, a lot of your choices yeah. you make are around your own ego. Oh, God. I yeah. have fucked up plenty of shit because of my ego. I'm not yeah. even saying I haven't. Yeah. But at a certain point, you have to either decide that your ego is going to be your guiding light and fuck up a lot of shit or you're going to have to decide that the ego is going to stop you from learning a lot. hmm Especially from the things you fuck up. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Very. I think eventually you just hit the bottom of where your ego is diminished and you realize, like, oh, it didn't matter. You know? I can't disagree with you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good place to stop. I'll
1: take that. There's a lot. I'll take that. Yeah. Like like I said, if we can fucking call Congress and let them, like, take this podcast and write a bunch of laws off of it. Yeah. But, again, this
2: is us thinking we got the answers now. Of course. Of course. Yeah.
1: yeah. Trust me. We're both going to run into somebody who's going to challenge us on all of these issues. And we're going to be like, ah, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) We wasted an hour. Yeah. (laughs) I might hope so. Uh, You know what? I'd love to hear that. Best case scenario. I feel pretty like firm on it so yeah. be best case scenario we just wasted an hour and somebody's gonna show us something better yeah I'm down whatever I'm down I didn't have
2: anything going on so fuck it <laughs> you got any uh, you got any shows coming up or anything
1: uh locally Ooh, I have getting out the calendar man. dude that nice. dude, this calendar is a freaking lifesaver yeah. I've double booked myself before and been alright so the 13th I'm gonna be at that uh, Adam, Adam Collins roast Go Bananas Comedy That's Club cool. I'm in at, Sandy, Ohio. Yeah. Montgomery, I'm, Ohio. So, yeah. yeah. I'm at uh, Feathers Vintage Clothing for the Record Store Day comedy show that's, that's in tight. Dayton, Ohio. And that is on the 17th of June. And then on the 20th of June, I am at Cross Keys Tavern in Chillicothe, Ohio with Lori graves that's gonna be a good show my boy's got dates oh yeah uh i'm in newport kentucky at the coffee bar on june 24th uh let's see what else do i got going on here the one that i'm also equally excited about i am at if you happen to be in the danville illinois area the comedy courtyard show that's yeah and that's that's on july 11th yeah okay so yeah, I got stuff coming up, man, and I'm trying to get more. So anybody out there want a funny black guy who has a worldview of mine that wants me to come and tell jokes? Please hit me up. Sweet, do it. Hit him up. All right, well, it's been great, Phil. Thank you very much, Joey. I've had a good time, dude. Um, have you made the announcement about you leaving on the show, no? No. no I'm not hey, to guess it. what? Uh, Joey here, this I'm is my boy, out. And, I, and I love him dearly. <laughs> yeah. And I've been glad, I've been happy to be on the show once again.
2: Ah. Oh. You're sweet.
1: All right, say goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, Goodbye, Phil.
2: Phil.